are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks Podcast. We're part of the Locks On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. This podcast is not possible without you, the listener. So thank you subscribing, listening, reviewing, all that stuff, sharing, all that is possible because of you doing all those things. So thank you. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. So please, please, please keep telling your friends. But on today's show, I got to give my thoughts on the Braves winning the World Series over the Houston Astros, something we definitely did not expect. So I'm going to be talking about that. You'll be playing a clip by Locked On MLB Veteran. Uh, Gordon Beckham, where he gives his thoughts on Game 6, and then we're going to be wrapping up today's pod by discussing the MLB season. Is it too long? I personally think 162 games is too long, so we're going to be talking about that. Should MLB shorten the Major League season? We'll talk about that on today's pod, but this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Currently doing my last Green Room here on the on the for the lockdown network sadly uh and this episode is going to be brought to you by spotify green room sad to see the partnership end but please go download download the app and join me right now as i'm live on spotify green room live on youtube as well so shout out all the listeners on youtube and green room but today we're talking world series shout out brett chancy in the chat hopefully i pronounced your last name correctly but he's one half of the locked on astros podcast he does a great job so go check out the locked on astros feed to stay up to date with everything they're talking about because of course i'm gonna have to hit them up pretty soon to come on the locked on dimebacks channel for a little therapy session that like what we've been doing with the Locked On Rays host and Locked On Giants host. We've been doing a little therapy session, so don't worry. Don't worry, Brett. Your chance will be coming soon to do a little therapy session here on Locked On Diamondbacks. Uh, we actually got Locked On Reds host coming tomorrow to talk about the end of the Red Sox season, so be on the lookout today or look out today look out tomorrow for that thursday sometimes i have to remember if i'm recording this the day before because sometimes i sometimes i like to start my pods on sunday so all records or so it all goes live for the next day but today i'm recording this on a wednesday for a wednesday pod so sometimes i get a little confused with the schedule in my head but that's enough random chatter you are locked on diamondbacks your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's talk about the World Series because 
The Atlanta Braves broke the longest streak in MLB history for most postseason appearances not leading to a tie, not leading to a title. The Braves have made 16 consecutive postseason appearances without winning a World Series. They have won one before in their franchise history, so it's not like they're starving. Back in the 90s, this Braves franchise was absolutely dominant. Multiple World Series trips, one World Series ring. So I actually don't want to cry boohoo for this franchise who has this streak or who had this streak because this is a franchise that, you know, if you're someone over the age of 30, you've known a lot of success in your lifetime as a Braves fan. So I'm not going to cry tears for you because of that streak, but the streak is now broken. So no tears will be shed unless there are tears of joy because the Braves took down the big bad villains, Houston Astros in a game six that was never really close. Seven nothing by the Braves. They went up early three nothing in the third and they just kept pouring it on as the game went on. Shocking, shocking postseason run by the Braves because no one expected the Braves to be here at this point in the season. I mean, the Braves were a team that I was like, look, it's nice. It's a nice story that they made the postseason. It's a cute story. I mean, they were coming from the NL East. I had no respect for the NL East, no respect for any of those teams because all those people, all those teams basically wouldn't be that good in the AL East. All those teams in the NL East would be like the last place team in the AL East. They would just be above the Baltimore Orioles. So I was not uh, entering the postseason. I wasn't very impressed with anything the Braves had done during the regular season. But the flip basically switched once the deadline passed because the Braves made a flurry of moves and some moves pre-deadline too. They went out, they got Adam Duvall, they got Eddie Rosario, Jorge Solo, and Jock Peterson. And those four were basically their main core for this postseason run that basically helped set up this World Series title, throw in a Freddie Freeman and an Austin Riley, of course. But those are four of their top six, seven players uh, this postseason, which is pretty shocking to say because... At the time when the Braves traded for those outfielders, it's not like anyone really thought those were groundbreaking moves. Like everyone in the, I remember doing the uh, locked on MLB trade deadline show during that time, and everyone was just like, "What are the Braves doing right now?" Like Eddie Rosario, I think I think I have to call out uh, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully because I think he was crapping on the Braves moves a little bit. If I remember that correctly, let me not throw any disdain or. Uh, or libel toward Sully's way. But I remember the lockdown hosts, including myself, were not like in love with these moves. I was more indifferent to them because I didn't have much respect for any NLE's teams. The Braves were a team entering the season that I was like, yo, this Braves team is going to be legit. They're going to be a potential World Series contender. And as the season went on, I was like, that's probably not going to be true. And then Ronald Acuna Jr., he tears his ACL. Mike Soraka, he retore his Achilles. That's an insane story. Someone tearing their Achilles twice. And of course, you had Marcelo Zuna uh, off the field issues, not with the team. So the, the Braves were a team that was like, Look, they, a lot of their best players are not there right now. They're making these moves at the deadline to help keep their heads above water. But I was like, it's not going to make a difference in the end. And boy, was I wrong because those moves that they made at the deadline, all of them just took a massive step forward, not just in the postseason, but in the regular season too. You look at uh, Adam Duvall. He had, uh, I think, 22 home runs, which is a, a crap ton with the Marlins, and 755 OPS in 91 games with the Marlins. 
with the Braves, 55 games, 16 home runs, 800 OPS. So the OPS went up, of course, a smaller sample size, but the home runs, that puts him on pace with just where he did with Miami. And Adam Duvall, second on the team in home runs and RBIs in the postseason. Eddie Rosario, seven home runs, 685 OPS with 78 games with the Indians, seven home runs and 903 OP OPS in 33 games with the Braves and in the postseason Eddie Rosario would probably be considered the MVP it would be really close with him and Freddie Freeman maybe Freeman was better in the World Series but Eddie Rosario absolutely tore the cover off the ball the entire postseason he led the team in hits OPS RBIs and second home runs during the postseason and you'll hear you'll you'll hear me say a lot second home runs because if you hit three home runs in the postseason uh, for this Braves team, you were second on the team in home runs. There's like five guys that hit three home runs. So if I say you were second on the team in home runs in the postseason for the Braves, that's because there's like five guys that hit three home runs. So Eddie Rosario, seven home runs and a 685 OPS in 78 games with the Indians, seven home runs and 903 OPS in 33 games with the Braves. Jorge Soler, 13 home runs, 658 OPS in 94 games with the Royals, 14 home runs, 882 OPS in 55 games with the Braves, and a Jock Peterson. His numbers were pretty much the same, both in Atlanta and Chicago, at least the uh, regular season. But in the postseason, Jock Peterson was fifth on the team in postseason OPS. So all four outfielders were crushing it for the Braves in the postseason. OPS home runs, they were all able to do it. And when you look at that game six, uh, you got contributions from basically everyone you could have needed. I mean, Eddie Rosario, he scored a run. He took a walk. Jorge Soler had three RBIs in the game. Jock Peterson didn't do anything. Adam Duvall did have a hit. Freddie Freeman had a couple hits. But the four guys you picked up near the deadline, three of them did something in last night's game. And all of them did something throughout the postseason. So, from now on, I'm never going to question what happens at the trade deadline because that's apparently a conversation we need to wait to have until the postseason because the regular season only means so much. And I feel like as the years move on, as we get deeper into this social media warfare where it's all about the GOAT debate and talking about postseason re resumes and things like that, we're going to care more about the postseason, put a little bit less stock into the regular season. It's part of the reason why I think we need to shorten the MLB season. So for guys like Mike Trout, of course, you guys know I love to bring up Mike Trout. For guys like Mike Trout who have insane regular season resumes and not really a postseason resume, uh, he's, he's going to be diminished, I think, as time goes on because you're going to say, of course, he has phenomenal regular season stats, but we don't know what, what, what kind of player he is on the biggest stage. And you can't just tell me Mike Trout is Mike Trout because guess what? The greatest pitcher over the last 20 years, Clayton Kershaw, is not a good postseason pitcher and he shouldn't be as good as he is in the regular season because it gets tougher in the postseason. So Mike Trout shouldn't be as good as he is in the postseason because it's tougher competition and also pressure versus pipes. I don't know what kind of postseason player Mike Trout is. I've only seen him once and in that one postseason appearance, he only had one hit. So I think as time moves on, we're going to put less weight on the regular season, more on the postseason because We've seen some crazy stuff happen in the last 10 years when you think about the translation from regular season to postseason that I'll talk about later in the show when I talk about shortening the MLB season. But overall, 
Great job by the Braves. They won an improbable World Series. They took down the Houston Astros, the villains of baseball, and now they're on top of the world. So shout out Atlanta Braves fans. Now we'll play, we'll play that clip by Locked On MLB veteran, or he's a Locked On, I guess, host. I'm not really technically sure what his title is, but he comes on, he contributes, he, give, he gives his thoughts and takes, and that is Gordon Beckham, longtime MLB veteran, and he's going to just give his take on Game 6 and what went right for the Braves, what didn't what didn't go right for the Houston Astros. But before we talk about that, I'm struggling to talk just a little bit, a lot on my mind, but this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Dimebacks once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. Be sure to join me. I don't know when because the partnership with Green Room is ending, but please go join Green Room. Download the app because Green Room is phenomenal. You can talk sports with your favorite hosts. It's just a great place. So please go download the Green Room app now and get started because it's a fantastic app. And I'm really sad that our partnership is ending. But now let's play that clip by longtime MLB veteran Gordon Beckham, where he gives his thoughts on Game 6 of the World Series. Welcome into another Locked On MLB Insider Report. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens, joined by our MLB Insider, Gordon Beckham. And we're reacting to the new World Series champions. The Braves have taken home their first championship in quite a while. Um, you kind of called it from the beginning, and this game wasn't overly close by any means. But what did you see from the Braves during this series, and how impressed were you in their efforts? Yeah, I think that the Braves really just continued doing what they were doing. I mean, they, they were the hottest team, you know, kind of coming in the playoffs. Their second half was amazing. We're going to talk a little bit about it. But um, they 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 kind of shocked people with taking the Brewers down in, in basically four games and then beat the Dodgers, who everybody thought would be in the World Series again. And so you just kind of saw this, this building. And the first batter of the World Series, it's a home run. And so, Lair, it might be the MVP. I haven't. I uh, haven't seen who ended up winning it. But anyways, uh, you know, it, just that momentum kind of kept going, um, you know, throughout the playoffs. And you could just tell they were a team of destiny. They were a team uh, that was wanting to win. They were a tight knit group and, and everybody was pulling for each other. You could really see that. And and the Houston also was doing the same thing. But the, the Braves just had something special. Uh and uh, I think before the series, I actually said that they're going to win in six. And, and, and it actually came true, which never happens. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it happened here. They just were a team that was, you know, moving in a really good direction against a team like Houston that was playing well. But the Braves just, they came out and did it. I mean, they lost Morton the first game and they didn't blink an eye. They really were coming into this hot. So were the Astros, though, for so for them to be able to be so dominant over them in this series. I mean, you've covered this team, the Braves, throughout the year. Can you kind of lay out this wasn't the team that they were in the midsummer around July? So kind of how did Atlanta become the team that won the World Series? Right. So I, I, I spent some time covering this team. I did some pre and post games for them. I was around their uh, their clubhouse and understood kind of, uh, how they, 
were ticking and I was covering the team at the end of July. And I basically, people were asking me, what do you think? And I'm like, I just don't think they're a playoff team. Now this is before they basically made all the trades. I think they had traded for Jock Peterson at that point, but they hadn't made the trade for Solaire, Rosario or Duvall at that point. And so it just, they were not a team. And, and I speaking to Brian Snicker the other day in the NL, uh, CS, he just said, listen, we weren't a playoff team. And then all of a sudden we got these other guys into the lineup and it was just a different team. So the reason that the Braves won the World Series is because of those trades. I mean, there is no doubt about it. They're, they're, uh, their pitching staff remained basically the same. I mean, they had the same guys that for most of the year and their pitching staff that made it happen. Um, but their outfield changed the game and is the reason they won the World Series because without these guys – I mean, you just look back at all the things that Rosario did, Peterson did, um, Duvall had some big games, and then Solaire in the World Series. I mean, these are the these guys are the reason they won the World Series. I mean, Freddie Freeman had a great series. He had a great playoffs, but he's not the reason they won the World Series. The reason they won is because of the trades that Alex Anthopoulos made in the end of July to get their team a lineup that could compete. And when, what happens when you have guys that are veteran players that can – go up to bat and really make the opposing pitchers grind the opposing staff. It just wears them down. If they always have to make good pitches and you have veteran players, then it it just makes them be that much more fine for that much, like for that, for that longer, you know, I mean, like they have to be really good for a long time to beat this team. And this team just came together. I mean, Duvall's never played better than he has in a Braves uniform. Um, He's gone all over. He hasn't had as much success, but every time he's in a Braves uniform, he's just, um, you know, lights out. So uh, just a lot of, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys contributed, but the reason they, they won this world series is because of the outfield. I mean, they lost Acuna early, earlier in the uh, year and, and everybody's like, all right, this just isn't going to be our year. They were up and down. They weren't a playoff team. Um, and then all of a sudden it just flip flopped and they just went on a roll and didn't ever look, look back. Ton of new faces doing work, great front office work to put that roster together um, to be as successful as they have been. But we did mention Freddie Freeman. There are some faces that have been around for a while. What does this win mean to them and kind of for the future of the organization? Yeah, Freddie, uh, you know, he's a legend in that in that organization. He'll probably retire his number one day. I mean, for what he's done, um, I couldn't help but think that uh they didn't they don't make the World Series and win the World Series this year without players like me that got him all these really good draft picks at the top of the, at the top of the draft. Uh, but um, Freddie Freeman is, is a great teammate, a great player. Um, you know, I, I think that he's got the best approach in baseball and it's not even close. Uh, what he does on a day in day out basis, he's just, he's so talented. His swing is so talented. His approach is so uh, talented and also um, disciplined that he just never wavers from that. And I couldn't be happier for a guy that I played with, but also a guy that really is a great face for baseball. I mean, this guy loves playing. He's really good at it. He's done it for a long time. And uh, I know that that he and Brian Snicker um, are, are just really, really excited to bring this championship back to Atlanta. And knowing Snit, um, this is a long time coming because nobody gave him a chance for about 50 years. And uh, he got a chance and he's just – been amazing at the helm the Braves um, a great person um, also a great manager he does he makes all the right moves um, and uh, couldn't be happier for for those two that I've actually spent some time with I mean not much more to say they were just dominant right they were they really were Um, obviously hopefully not the last we see of Freddie Freeman in Atlanta he's going to be a free agent so 
could be, but we're not quite sure yet. Um, they need a pony up. They need a pony up to keep him yes, there. I can't imagine that they can let him go now. They've made it difficult. He's going to want that money now for sure. Um, yeah. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in for our MLB Locked On Insider Reports throughout the season. Again, congratulations to the Braves on their World Series championship. Um, for our insider, Gordon Beckham, I'm Kanani Stevens. Locked On, your team every day. Now, I'm going to give my rant on why MLB needs to shorten the MLB season because it is just so long and grueling. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site. Often, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Now, we're going to talk about why MLB should shorten their season. But first, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. This podcast is not possible without you. So thank you so much. Please continue to share, subscribe, review. Podcast is free and available on all platforms. But now, let's talk about MLB shortening their season. I know, I know, I know why a lot of people don't want to hear this conversation. But listen, this is a conversation we need to have. Because if you don't think MLB needs to shorten their season, I'm sorry. You might need to see a doctor or something. There might be something wrong with you. Because at this point, there is absolutely too much evidence that MLB just needs to shorten it. And I'm going to give you a few reasons why. And... Before I even start, before I even give, get into the reasons why, I know the reason why you want the MLB to keep the 162-game gruel. I know what you're going to say. You're going to give me that old, old Tim Kirchin. It's all about the sample size, 162 games. 
is the perfect amount of game, the perfect sample size to know how good a baseball team is. I think that was a pretty good impression of a of a baseball nerd. But listen, 162 games doesn't tell you anything. It don't tell you nothing, as I would like to say if I'm not on a podcast. Because guess what? We just saw a Braves team. 88 wins. Least amount of wins of all time for a team that won the World Series. We just saw them do it. If a team with 88 wins can win the World Series and knock out a team with 20 more wins than they have, why do we need 162 games? Who is that sample size for? If I'm watching 162 game sample size and it doesn't translate at all to the regular season, then what do I need it for? Can I not get the same results with 140 games? Maybe at 140 games, the Braves don't win the World Series. But guess what? Maybe at 175 games, they don't win it either. Or maybe they do. We don't know because I believe the sport is just random. It's a random sport. Anything can happen. Any team can get hot. The better team does not always win. I believe the Dodgers are a better team than the Braves because after 162 games, I saw the Dodgers win a lot more games than the Braves did. But guess what? In a three-week sprint, anything can happen, and that's what the Braves did. They took over in a shortened season, in a new season, because you throw away the stats from the regular season, and they took over. They got hot. Eddie Rosario got hot. Freddie Freeman got hot. And so, why do I need 162 games? If you're telling me it's a brand new season when the postseason starts, what is the point of the sample size? Who is it for? It's not for me and you because I think we could tell the best teams after 140 games. After the 2020 season, I know we can tell the best teams after a 60-game sprint. Tell me those weren't the best teams after 60 games last year. So I don't care. And you could give me the 2019. After 60 games, though, the Nationals wouldn't have made the World Series. That's true. And guess what? If I made it 250 games, maybe they don't make it again. The more games you add on, yes, the numbers... Well, the the wins and losses will start to even out and some teams will pull away from the pack, yada, yada. But once you get to the postseason, you just got to throw all that out. So maybe you want the 162 games to know how many of those to to get the correct amount of teams from the regular season to the postseason. Sure. But I think you still know that with 110 and 115, 120 games. I don't think you need 162. And right now the game is getting slow, man. The World Series ratings were not favorable for this World Series. People were not watching this World Series. If you throw away the 2020 shortened season, that weird year with their ratings and numbers, because last year's World Series had the worst ratings ever, but it was a weird year, COVID, what up, blah, 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 throw it out. Let's look at this year. Still dealing with COVID, but a lot more neutral, a lot more sane season, and still, the numbers were not pretty. This was the least watched World Series since 1970s. 11.74 million people watched this World Series. The prior low was 12.64 million back in 2012. So we've seen two of the, we've seen the top three lowest viewed World Series in the last 10 years. Back in the 70s and 80s, the World Series was drawing over, you know, 40 million people, around 35 to 40 million, million people watched the World Series in the 70s and 80s against the 200 million person population now it's around 10 to 15 we're over 300 million people in the country 100 more people 100 million more people over the last 30 years somehow 
20 less million people are watching the sport. The sport is just not as popular. The average MLB fan, their age is 57. That's right there with NASCAR 58. Golf is like in the 60s. Like the sport, the fans, they're getting old. The sport is getting slow. And I don't want this to turn to some slow old man's game. I want my friends to enjoy baseball like I enjoy baseball. And right now, it's just not happening. Games are too long. Did you know baseball set a record for nine inning games length this season? This was the longest amount of uh, or nine inning games this season was the longest on average. It set the record in 2019, set the record in 2020 and set the record once again in 2021. And if you look at even the extra innings still. 2021 was just as long as 2019 when you throw in the extra innings time as well. And we were supposed to be able to shorten the extra inning time. So no matter how you look at it, the games are getting longer. Less people are watching it and our fans are getting older. It's not a good recipe. And the Braves, even though they were the first team to win uh, a World Series with like less than 90 games, the Royals in 2014 were an 89-win team when they made the World Series. So it's not like the first time we've seen this. The Nationals won the World Series as a wild card team in 2019. So just think about how many examples we have just over the last 10 years that show you regular season success doesn't really translate to the postseason. I'm here for all the the everyone who's pro reseeding and things like that. But the first thing I think we need is to shorten the MLB season. Teams should be playing everyone. Why are we only playing teams in our conference? Why do we only have like three series where we do interleague play? It makes absolutely zero sense. We're playing 162 games and we're still not playing every team, you know, more than once or something like that. Not, not even playing every team once. So MLB season, way too long. Shorten it. Games are getting too long. I want my friends to enjoy it like I enjoy it. So MLB, please think about shortening the MLB season. Now, that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who was on Green Room and watching this live on YouTube. We're going to have Lockdown Reds host tomorrow on tomorrow's pod. Lockdown Reds host will be on tomorrow's pod. That is Lauren. Shout out to her for coming on, sitting in the therapy chair, talking about the end of the Red Sox season. Probably not something she wants to talk about, but it's definitely something I want to talk about. So, Stay tuned for that. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I can't do this podcast every day without you, so thank you. So what do I need you to do? Just stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!